This week, Mike and I are talking about the Game Awards winners and Mike's brand new sexy, sleek child, his Xbox Series X, or is it the One X, or is it the One XS? Welcome to the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. This is a song I wrote about the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. Just a quick reminder, this is pre-recorded, not in our normal day before sense, but almost a whole week out. Mike and I are taking time away for the holidays, and mostly because we won't have good connection to to carry this out. (laughs) Um. But yeah, so not going to do like our whole normal um, week of gaming because, well, Mike's about to tell us about his Series X in just a a few minutes. And uh, again, this is only a few days after we just recorded our last episode. Um, So not a whole lot going on there, though, real quick, pat myself on the back. I did beat L.A. Noir, so now I'm in that tricky spot of like choice what what do i play next so that'll be fun and uh little birdie told me i had even more options oh yeah that's right okay i can quickly yeah i i ordered a ps5 i did it i secured the bag as the kids say literally everyone on twitter yes now i just need to tweet at you with a guy in a ski mask (laughs) yeah i haven't even like put it on twitter or anything um because I, I hate all of the, uh, I mean, I guess like a normal tweet about it isn't bad, but like all the people who are in the comments who are like, well, I already have three. And I'm like, I literally want to wish the worst for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, you know, what do people say? They, they're they like, oh, seeing a lot of wins in the chat or I don't know, whatever. Anyway, um but yeah, so last uh, last episode, we didn't really have a chance to talk about the Game Awards, so we're going to like quickly run through that uh, because I think uh, it's worth talking about these games. Uh, but again, meat and potatoes, we're going to be talking about the Series X and letting Mike go full tits into that. How, how, much, how much time would you say you've put into it? Quick spoil, oh. like, quick, like tease. Honestly, probably no more than five hours. Okay, but that's still solid. I mean, because you've only had it for... Right, considering that I got it on the day we recorded our last episode, um, and I work full-time, and it's Saturday now. <laughs> I was going to say, you had you had basically two... You had two full days, basically. But, again, like you said, you worked. So, like, from getting it on Wednesday, I don't know. Well, I guess you had Wednesday, too. So, you had, like, yeah, like two three days maybe to like but amongst a normal schedule and now it's early saturday a day where you probably could have had time and we're doing this instead so yeah and then christmas is next week too and i have done little shopping oh christmas for christmas yeah never heard of it anyway (laughs) that's fine gives me an opportunity to have like three beers and then go tipsy christmas shopping Hell yeah, that's I live in a city. I would be walking, it. so chill. 
I was, I mean, I wasn't going to fight you on it either way. You know, I was just sure. Walking to my car and then driving through. A <laughs> no. <laughs> Mostly intoxicated. <laughs> See, that I can't condone. <laughs> but you just saying you were going to go, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'll just assume the best. Um, okay. The Game Awards. Jeff Keighley. Game Awards. He's a cool guy. If you don't follow him on Twitter, he's definitely worth a follow. Very knowledgeable. Uh, he, he was active with... Um, Oh my god, what was the gaming shit over the summer for like every year? The like big thing. All I can think of is Tokyo Game Show. No. No. <laughs> no. Um, um fuck. <laughs> Oh, I didn't I didn't realize he was a G4 host. Yeah, he was with G4 prior to E3. E3, right? Oh, E3? that's right. He I forgot about do... E3. I forgot that that was a thing this year. Well, E3 wasn't a thing this year, um, but he did stuff with it. He bowed out of it this year first, and then everything else kind of went like off. Um, but but yeah, he uh, he used to like host like segments or the entire show, I think, for E3 um, for like a couple of years. So he's he's big in the gaming industry, though. Um, I guess I was just so excited to see Reggie throughout all the years that E3 was a thing that I just didn't pay attention to who else was in it. Reggie is God. What a man. Yeah. Call him daddy. You know what I'm saying? All right. And now he works for GameStop. <laughs> and now he works for GameStop. He's or he's on their board. <laughs> no, he's, he's in. <laughs> he's just behind the counter when you walk in. <laughs> is there anything I can help you find today? Keep in mind. <laughs> Sure, you want to cancel that Assassin's Creed pre-order? <laughs> Reggie, please. You can get it for the Switch. Reggie, you don't work <laughs> for them anymore. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, the Game Awards, this was a incredible show that Jeff Keighley was able to put together in spite of COVID and just the year 2020 has been. Um, but they, he had a bunch of different presenters and a bunch of different like segments, but who cares about all that? We just care about the people who brought home trophies uh, the winners. So we're just going to go through each award that was given out, talk about the winners, maybe like talk about a game that they were up against that we thought also deserved uh, recognition. And then, uh, and then, like I said, we'll, we'll get into the, the series X, the, the more important matter at hand. So without further ado, game of the year, the winner was the last of us part two. And, uh, I wasn't surprised, but also with the other games that it was nominated against, I hadn't played any of those except Animal Crossing. And while Animal Crossing, I think, was an important game this year, I don't think it could hold a candle to what The Last of Us Part Two was. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, what the game represented throughout COVID mm -hmm. was incredible but yeah how can a game about and i haven't played this one because i don't have a switch but how can a game about paying off your mortgage <laughs> beat beat a game like the last of us or tsushima or, or doom mm -hmm. yeah um but it, it, at least cool to see that it was nominated definitely definitely it was cool to see it get that recognition and then also nominated uh was uh, or as a surprise was hades which was kind of late to the party um and it's just an indie game 
and I believe it's like a roguelike, I, one that I haven't had the pleasure of playing yet, but I've only heard great things about this game. And there were a lot of people pushing for it to actually win uh, Game of the Year, which would have been an incredible feat for, again, an mm-hmm. indie game. Yeah, I this I, I knew nothing about this game uh, before the Game Awards. I had seen, I, I had heard mention of it. Um, I'm generally not that interested in um, games with this kind of like story or art style. It just doesn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize it was a roguelike. I kind of just assumed it was like a, I don't know, like a regular JRPG kind of game. Okay. Um. But that was that was my impression of it, knowing absolutely nothing about it. It just I see a game like that, and that's my first assumption. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. No, that makes sense because um, it almost has that like, uh, well, it's not I guess quite like Persona, but like just like the general art style of the uh, game art, mm-hmm. kind of yeah, would lead credence to that. So I I definitely see where you're coming from there. But um. Right before we, we started recording, I was looking it up because um, I feel like I need to play it now mm-hmm. with all of the accolades that it's gotten. I like I feel like I'm not doing justice as a gamer to like not at least try it. Um, but there's really no good platform for me to play it on. Um, I'm sure it'll play fine on my PC. I was looking at the specs or the requirements. And it's not it's not that heavy, but it is out for switch and i feel like it might even make the case for me to like get a switch to play it because i feel like that'd be a great platform for it Hmm. yeah it definitely reminds me of like one of those games that like kind of, like kind of doesn't matter what you play it on mm-hmm. um like it should play well you know almost like like minecraft can kind of do that you know like minecraft right. is on everything literally so it's like it almost reminds me in that sense of like yeah the 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 accessibility and like ease of it like should lead credence to playing on like just about anything i think it is coming to i I think it is gonna get like a port to playstation and xbox i'm sure it will at this point yeah i just don't know when that's happening that being said i mean it was up for i'm gonna scroll through the list i think it was up for best art direction too right yeah i think so yeah it's basically the same five games for all of these, uh, which <laughs> right. is fine. But, um, you know, my, my other thought was I have a 2019 or something MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's got, it's probably got the specs to handle it. And uh, the screen is just really nice. It's, it's It was one of the, the finalists for best art direction. I almost feel like it would do it the most justice to play it on there. Right. It's easily the nicest screen I have in my house. So in gameplay wise, I mean, it's not like I'm trying to get 120 frames or anything that I feel like I need to wait and, and play it on Xbox. Right. But yeah, you'll see. I, I definitely want to check it out. I was gonna say it's definitely like the one game of like the up for game of the year that I think caught me by surprise, and I'm like, I really need to play that. Like as much as I want to play Ghost of Tsushima, as much as I want to play the Final Fantasy VII remake, because again, only heard good things about that. Um, and like, as much as I want to play doom, I haven't even played the first doom yet. So like, right. uh, you know, there's just like, God, the, the back catalog keeps growing. I did think it was surprising that a remake 
got nominated for game of the year that i think shows how impressive just how impressive final fantasy 7 uh the remake for that was and mm-hmm. they were nominated for a lot of things because i think uh i think it was done really well i think square enix did a really good job with that and i think fans for the most part were very happy with that so we'll we definitely see more of them as we go on um best game direction uh that was also last of us last of us kind of took home a lot of awards from a bunch of different shows and again i definitely thought they were deserving of it um i think for what neil Druckmann and his team had to go through and yeah yeah we don't we talk about it every show but just the stuff that they had to go through to end up coming out on top in the industry i think speaks a lot mm-hmm. um, to how great of a job they did right yep and uh yeah, it's been super like heartwarming to see how grateful he and everybody at Naughty Dog have been about getting these awards. I think PlayStation just had their award show, like the PlayStation blog or whatever had their award show. And I mean, obviously, Last of Us is going to win a right. ton of awards for that um, because it's a, a Sony exclusive. But yeah, it's been super refreshing to see because obviously the people who are going to be most vocal on social media and are are like typically either going to be the best or the absolute worst and you know in this instance it seems like that it was the absolute worst and that the people who truly loved it have been fairly quiet but it has outweighed all those negatives um but yeah so they won best narrative um then best art direction went to Ghost of Tsushima, which didn't surprise me because holy crap, that game looks so beautiful. Um, best score, this one was a little surprising. Oh, go ahead, sorry. I, sorry, I have one qualm with that. Well, two qualms, I guess, with um, best art direction. I'm not saying it doesn't deserve it. I did not expect it though. Really? Um, no, I and. So for me, Ghost of Tsushima, like one of those games I've been holding off on, mostly because it came out like the same time as The Last of Us, which I thought was uh, kind of difficult mm-hmm. um, for me, since I don't play video games particularly fast, and those are two relatively big games. Um, looked really pretty. It's one of those games that like I'm just kind of almost waiting until the next gen to play it on. Mm-hmm. I'll wait for the remake. But I expected... My personal vote was Ori. Um... But that being said, that is, besides Last of Us, the only game I played on this list. But mm-hmm. from seeing Ghost of Tsushima and seeing Final Fantasy, I hadn't seen uh, Hades, so I, I can't make a, um, a good analysis of that. But my vote was Ori. Yeah, I mean, all of these games that were nominated were truly, I mean beautiful and like the art style was done so well in each instance um i just thought from like a wow that's a pretty game and you know obviously like looks you know fairly realistic um Mm -hmm. i thought ghost of tsushima just everything i've been seeing people posting stuff obviously in like photo mode and stuff so you can like enhance and whatnot but i mean just some breathtaking shots in that game that i'm actually excited to play me too. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely. It definitely deserves it. I was just shocked. Yeah. No. I, it. It's some of these are like really hard because like for best score in music, I'm surprised, and I have only heard people just 
saying that this is like a, a soundtrack that they listen to. But Final Fantasy VII uh, won Best Score in Music. And that surprised me because Doom, I always thought the thing with Doom was that it's it, it's it, the music changes given the like circumstances. And so when like shit's going like real hard, the like metal guitar and, and all that is like, extra heavy and mm-hmm. and stuff like that and I, I always heard that it was like adaptive to whatever was going on and i always heard that it was done really well especially in the first one and i thought people said it was only better in the second one i could be wrong about that so i was super surprised that that didn't win um over uh i i, I was surprised that final fantasy 7 won over that but again i heard people say that they listened to uh, the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack, like, just just like when working on stuff and, and stuff like that, like they they genuinely love the soundtrack of that game, which is so cool when you have a moment like that. Yeah, I um, I'm not surprised at that one because, like you said, like I know people who buy the soundtrack, like buy the soundtrack on like you know CD or, or record or, or you know listen to it on Spotify or whatever. So it doesn't terribly surprise me because in a classical sense, it is just, it is a really, really, really nicely composed game. And I don't know who like the, um, the board was that was voting on this, but I'm assuming it is leaders in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it's more of like the classical um, composition style of music um, doesn't surprise me a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I guess I'm not surprised, but I, again, it's a remake. Um, and I, I don't know to me that, I don't know. I would have picked last of us. Um, just the music that, um, um, Gustavo Santolaya can do. Um, they did a whole documentary on him doing the, um, the score for last of us part one. Mm-hmm. And he literally set up recording um, equipment in almost every room of the studio that he was recording in. I think he they they do it in his personal studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and like just a thought that goes into it, like he literally has recording equipment in his bathroom just because of the acoustics in there. Um, and a lot of his stuff is kind of just improvised and yet it can still be pulled together so well. Um, and then they also had, um, additional music from Matt Quayle, who is really renowned in the film industry for scores. Um, the first thing I can think of offhand, because this is one of my favorite TV shows was he did the score for Mr. Robot. Okay. Which, um, I thought was, was really good as well. Um, so yeah, I, I would like to see what metrics they used. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like it's outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. So I guess maybe if they're looking at licensed soundtrack, obviously Final Fantasy is going to win that. Right. I don't know. I'd say out of new games, I would have picked The Last of Us. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I definitely thought the music and and everything, the the use, and when they choose to like, you know, play certain songs and whatnot, um, and and 
the, like the general music that's going as you're like moving about is done super well that it like immerses you that sometimes I don't even realize that it's happening if that makes sense. So yeah. in that sense, it is done very, very well. Um, for best audio design, Last of Us Part Two won that, um, which I guess could be, um, you know, kind of credence to that. And then, uh, so basically, the, this was for recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design, um, which doesn't really explain too much, but. I think so much of that game is based around sound. what you hear. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like the focus mode, like you have to. It's that's based off sound. Uh, the fact that the clickers basically interact by sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I think that's warranted. I wouldn't have been surprised if uh, Doom Eternal won based off of what you said earlier. Like the fact right. that uh, it's so dynamic. Um. And I don't know about Ghost of Tsushima, but I'm sure like it just kind of goes hand in hand. I mean, I think that kind of just comes standard out of Sony Studios now because it is Sony. Like they always have produced like high quality, like even in movies, like the movies they produce, like the visuals and the audio have to go together. It's not mm-hmm. one without the other. Right. That's always hand in hand. Um, best performance. So this was for uh, voiceover, mocap, and performance capture. Uh, Laura Bailey who was Abby in The Last of Us Part Two? Um, she was your winner. Thought she was very deserving of that. I, mm-hmm. I Ashley Johnson as Ellie was nominated. Um, I'm going to probably mess up this name. <clears throat> uh, Daisuke Suji, I'm assuming is how that's pronounced. Uh, Ooh, but he was right. Jin in Ghost of Tsushima. I've only heard good things. I thought this was cool. Logan Cunningham as Hades in Hades. <laughs> Um, but I thought that was cool that like, again, an indie performance was nominated as best overall performance. That's awesome to see. That's probably solely voice too, right? I'm assuming. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's really impressive to be on this board. Right. And then, uh, Najee Jeter as Miles Morales. And I mean, again, super cool to see that because again, I think it sucks that Miles Morales yeah, as dumb as this sounds, but it sucks when it came out because it's technically a part of the 2020 Game Awards. And I think this game would have been, would have had so much more impact on the awards show had it been a part of the 2021. Yeah. Um, so, but it was cool to see recognition there uh, because, uh, you know, just from his performance in the first Spider-Man game, I can say that, you know, he plays Miles Morales so well. And that is like one of the things that when they announced that this game was going to be happening made me so excited because as soon as he was in the universe, I was like, I need a Miles Morales game. I need them to do like a just him game. It, it would be just perfect. Sure, yeah. Um, but again, that was another instance of, I mean, Abby was a controversial character that people love to get up in arms about and so for her to win for that performance because i think if you can play a character that people feel like so much hate and then so much understanding and then love for that's a testament to how you were able to portray that character i think yeah to, to cause those that feelings. character right yeah that character is definitely one of my favorite out of anything like tv show video game or otherwise yeah. 
Um, Games for Impact, uh, Tell Me Why was the winner for this. Uh, that's Don't Nod. They did, uh, that, that was the same people who did um, Life is Strange, right? Mm-hmm. I think so, so. I'm pretty sure, yeah. So um, not too surprised to see them win that. For Best Ongoing, so this is for like games that are, you know, multiple year life cycles. So like your Fortnite's. Um, Destiny 2, Apex, Call of Duty, Warzone, those were your other nominees. But the winner was No Man's Sky, which is... That blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's a testament to what they have done, uh, what Hello Games has done to turn that game around. Um, so g- good for them. They definitely have put a ton of work into it over the years um, to get it to where it's at finally. It's a shame how it launched, but awesome to see it get to this point. Thankfully. Yeah, it's it's been kind of cool. So I bought that game on on launch day, and I yes. barely played it. Barely played it. I I played the first the first week that I got it. I played a ton of it because I was just like it was so vast, and I was just trying to figure out what the hell was going on. But I, mm-hmm. I put it down. There was rumors of updates, and the game was completely changing. So I was like, well, what's the point in playing it now? I might as well wait. Um, and I did, and then I was like, well, I might as well wait till VR comes out. And now that's out. Um. And I really need to play that because I'm and seeing that this won this and I can play the whole game in VR. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exciting. Um, but it almost kind of, I mean, this game is significantly older than the other four on here. I guess Destiny Two is pretty old too, but yeah, you know, this game came out in. Let me look it up. I think it was like 2014 or 2015. Right. I think yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think it was probably 2015. 2016. Or 2016. Okay. Okay. Um, so four years ago. So and in my opinion, it was pretty much in like early release, kind of like Hades. Hades came out in 2018 in early release, but wasn't really wild, uh, open or yeah, words generally available until 2020. Right. I almost kind of think No Man's Sky follows the same path. Um, it really didn't get any sort of traction until like, maybe last year but mostly this year mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely so, a game that we should we should jump into now that you can like more easily interact with like and do co-op essentially right um next up best indie so hades no surprise it was up for game of the year but i was saying beforehand that before hades kind of came out of nowhere here towards the end of the year um fall guys would have been kind of the obvious choice so they were nominated mm-hmm. as well um, but Hades definitely, again, they were nominated for Game of the Year. So um, for Best Mobile Game, Among Us won that. Um, Justine and I just started playing that this week. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, I got to start. I got to jump into that and because um, I've only heard uh, great things about it. So Yeah, it's better when you play with like people you know, but it's still fun to mess with 12-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> in a random lobby of course um best community support fall guys takes the crown there pun intended and definitely deserving yeah. um best vr cool. oh go ahead i was gonna say cool to see no man's sky on there considering how much backlash it did get yes from the community to start yeah and and i think for them to be nominated for this it makes sense because of how much they've like put into it to get it to again to get it to where it is so Mm-hmm. I definitely think there's something to be said for that. Um, best VR, this was kind of a no-brainer. Half-Life Alex, 
Some people were saying this should have been nominated for Game of the Year, and I honestly, in a sense that Animal Crossing was nominated, I understand that Half-Life should be, because this was was a game that got people to buy VR. Um, Right. So you can't understate the impact of a game like this as well. Um, It's doing what Cyberpunk is doing for cloud gaming. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> um innovation and accessibility last of us part two they've all they've been winning a ton of awards for that yeah that's been pretty cool what they were doing mm-hmm. uh best action hades takes the crown here thought that was very cool. cool best action adventure so i don't really understand the difference but um <laughs> it, 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 yeah uh um last of us part two uh won that um Best role-playing goes to Final Fantasy VII. So, again, we're kind of now seeing the people winning their respective categories, essentially, um, is, if there was an overlap. Uh, best fighting goes to Mortal Kombat. Not, not a big year for, for fighting games, so I'm guessing Mortal Kombat probably o- always takes the cake uh, when it releases. Mm-hmm. Best family, Animal Crossing. Um Best simulation strategy game, no surprise, Flight Simulator. Um, Can't wait for the summer. It comes out on Xbox. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's uh, even though that also kind of was towards the tail end of the year, just because of how you know incredible and vast that game is, and, and what you can do in it. Um, certainly, a, an obvious choice. Um. Best sports racing, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. I was so excited when that got announced. Such a good remake. Yeah, and that's awesome that they win because uh, I would hate to see FIFA or NBA, which were two of the nominees. I would hate to see one of them win. Wasn't there a lot of controversy with FIFA? Like, you didn't actually get to control the games. Oh, I don't... Like, it can't... Like, when you would take a shot on goal, like, it would basically just be, like, a... um, it basically would be pre-decided. Oh, I didn't know that. That's pretty fucked. There, there was something. Yeah, that got in a lot of trouble. <sighs> yeah. Fuck, fuck FIFA. <laughs> um, best multiplayer among us. Kind of surprising, kind of not. Just because, again, like it really took off. And uh, obviously, like you were just saying, it's so much better when you're like playing with people you know. But um, Yeah, I, I think it's kind of... Uh, had 2020 not been 2020, I don't even think Among Us would have really even been a game, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. But I think like that the fact that like people basically have game nights now with people they know playing this game, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what it's done for like streaming and and create content creators has been pretty awesome. Uh, or what I guess content creators have done for it as well, like seeing the the relationship there similarly to like fall guys and stuff like that has been been really cool um but yeah that's for best multiplayer that almost seems like this is an award we created for call of duty so you know it's not obviously and uh it's it's cool to see um something win because that would that would be like my my first thought would be like oh well call of duty is going to win that because that's what call of duty is it's just this massive multiplayer game that you know everybody plays how can you hold a candle to it 
um, content creator of the year. I think it was cool that they did an award for this. Uh, Valkyrie was the winner. I don't know who that is, um, but uh, she, she was, was really into like Fortnite. Okay. Big thing. I think she does Warzone now. Okay. Well, she was up against Tim the Tatman, Nick Marks, J.N. Lopez, and Alana, Alana Pierce. Um, which it was in- interesting to see Alana in that group. Yes, I agree. I felt like I always thought she was kind of like a smaller, well, you know, in in you know in 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 really layman's terms, smaller because. She has other jobs. <laughs> right, it's not yeah. She's doing it full time. She does like a lot of different things. So yeah, I didn't really realize, but she has had an extreme impact, especially this year on gaming. And she actually just got a job with um, Santa Monica, Sony Santa Monica, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. So As a writer. Yes, yes. Which means uh, I'm assuming she'll probably be working on the next God of War, which is awesome. Um, and then best debut game, is, uh, the winner was Phasmophobia, which not super surprising there as well, because again, one of those games that just started taking off in like the streaming community and didn't really look back. Um, after that, it's a bunch of awards for esports, which I don't think we really need to get into. No, no. I don't, I don't know enough to make it interesting. I was going to say, I don't really know much. And we don't typically cover it. So, um, but yeah, that was the game awards. So congratulations to all the winners. I think for the most part, everything was like fairly well-deserved. Um, also just again, super cool to see some of these games get recognition that I wasn't really expecting to. So definitely. Yeah. It was a cool show. All right. Well, enough of that, Mike. Let's get to what the people want to really know. How great does Madden play on the Xbox Series X? You're baiting me. I am. I'm baiting you. I'm I'm masterfully baiting you. Okay. So I, I told Spencer that Madden 21... Um, was the first game that I played on Series X because it was the first game that I could think of that I have that was actually like redone for Series X um, and not just an upscale. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. Like, it is a different game now. Like, and it's still Madden, so you can't really like change it. But like, the play call is different. Um, some of like the uh, like if you score a touchdown, you can do like crowd interactions now, which isn't something you could do before because you would see that there's only five different crowd members uh, <laughs> and they're just kind of vectored out or rate out rather. Um, but um, overall, so I can stop talking about Madden 21. I didn't see any noticeable difference in like how it played. And in my opinion, it played worse Mm-hmm. than it did on the one X. Um, it just seemed kind of like choppy. Like the frames would, I'd get a lot of dropped frames. Um, so 
I mean, it's Madden. I, I feel like it gets progressively worse every year because they try to change <laughs> it when really they should have just like kept Madden 16 because that game was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so not great. But my overall Series X experience, Series experience. Huh? <laughs> um, the first thing I noticed uh, was how tiny it is. Like, I know they've been talking about, like, how small the Series S is and, like, having seen a PS5 first in person, um, I kind of expected the Series X to be a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. But it's it's small. I mean, it's as long, I guess, tall, since you're really supposed to be standing it vertically, as the Series X, which is a pretty small machine. Um, but... It's and it looks nice. I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, it just looks like a fridge," but I mean, I like it. I kind of like the simple. I I have always liked the design more than the PS Five. Yeah, I mean, um, it just blends in with my house a lot more. Also, like, I think we said it when Chris was on. Like, the PS Five is like that's like a statement piece. Like, it's like correct. A, yeah, it's like that like douchey art vase that you have. <laughs> just sitting in a corner that people are like, oh, what's that? And you're like, oh, thank you for asking because that's exactly what I wanted and that's why I bought this. And you're also the person that said, oh, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Whereas like the the Xbox and like honestly like the PS4, um, they're they're both just like, they're they're sleek enough without just being too much. Like they're just, they're pretty basic, but also like, they still look nice, like you said. Like, it looks nice. Uh, I don't really understand why people are, like, crying that it, <laughs> that it like, well, it looks just like a fridge or uh, it looks just like a PC tower, basically. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, like, wh- why does it need to be this extravagant thing? Yeah. Yeah, people so, have nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing better to do than to bitch about it. But I was, uh, yeah, it's it, it, was, it was pretty crazy. Um, so I had my... I put my Series X where my One X was, um, and I had my One X in, so it was in my main living room. I had my One X there temporarily anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I picked up the Series X to like move it over there, and it was super light. And I go and I start disconnecting my my One X and everything, and I go to pick up my One X with one hand, and like it hurt my wrist. I forget how heavy that thing is. It's mm-hmm. it's really it's really 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 small like the, the overall footprint of it, but it is jam packed. It is heavy. It has got to be at least two or three times heavier than the series X. That's insane. That is so yeah. crazy. I, I was, I was blown away. I, I, yeah, I, I want to actually like, I guess I don't have to wait myself. I'm sure the specs are online, but it was, it was insane. I expected it to be heavy and it's just not. Um, so that was, that was pretty nice. Um, and I guess just as far as like the physical impressions before I get into like interface and the amazing setup process that it has, um, the controller, which kind of a moot point because they made very, very, very subtle changes. It's not like something like a complete overhaul, like the uh, new dual sense was and like how the dual sense has all this new functionality. Right. Wasn't that exciting at first, but then I picked it up and it is the most comfortable controller I've ever held. And really the only difference in my opinion that 
besides the button, the, the, the fact that the buttons feel a lot better, like they're a lot clickier now, they're not as gummy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got like a textured back and textured triggers. And the uh, right and left bumper are super clicky. It feels so good. Um, it's definitely an improvement. And it feels like a next-gen controller. That's awesome. That's good to hear. The functionality, you know, like the PS5 has. Right. That's really good to hear, though, because I feel like a lot of people were just like, oh, well, look at what Sony did. Sony made the DualSense. It's, it's this incredible it, controller that people were like, you know, dying over uh, how great it is. Um, but, and then everybody basically was just like, oh, well, Xbox, all they did was just, it's just the one x controller or the yeah the one that yeah 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 yep yeah yeah thank you um and and like so it's nice to know that it it is but it isn't like it is better still like it like you said it feels like a next-gen controller that's that's awesome so you think it like in your hands it feels better than like the dual sense or i don't know if you've held like the switch pro controller like it feels better or in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, and I've spent very little time with the, I have, I have used the switch pro controller before, mm-hmm. um, actually pretty extensively. Um, and yeah, it's the thing that gets me is the weight. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, so I have, I have my Xbox one X controller right now because I have it at my desk. So I usually use it for, um, PC or X cloud or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, there's just something about it. The fact that the One X controller feels so light almost makes it feel bigger. And that makes zero sense. But like the Series X controller, the added weight just makes it feel so premium. Um, And I think like, I don't know, the base Xbox One controllers, they're nice, but they kind of feel a little cheap to me. Okay. Um, I got that, but yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's a, it's a step up and I'm sure there's other improvements in there, like the Bluetooth latency and things like that. Um, but super nice. And I'm really kind of excited to see what they do for like an elite series three. Uh huh. And I'm sure they'll add like adaptive triggers like the PlayStation has. At that right. I would have to assume it now i'm assuming it does but the xbox elite controller that you have is compatible right yeah yep okay yeah that's... and i will move that over it's still uh synced with my one x right but that is one that i'll move over that's the the one thing that kind of has me a little upset with the ps5 uh i mean i get that the dual sense is so different from the, the DualShock, like, it's it's a very different controller. It's not, you know, basically the same. Um, so I kind of get it, but it is kind of annoying that the DualShock 4 isn't going to be compatible with the PS5 unless you're playing, I think, PlayStation 4 games, but I'm not 100% on that, so. Which is just, it's, it's stupid because, I don't know, like, if you're playing a multiplayer game, like a, a couch co-op or whatever, like, you don't, those games generally don't, like, warrant those extra features <laughs> right yeah you um, don't need the adaptive triggers and everything right um so yeah it is nice and i was uh i was talking to justine about this and buying the series x was 
easily the most economical choice for me mm -hmm. because I already have four controllers for it, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, I seldom buy games for Xbox. It's basically like if it doesn't come out on Game Pass, uh, then I buy it. So like in the past two years that I've had my One X, I think the only games I've bought were Red Dead. Mm -hmm. And that's because it essentially came with it, with the deal they were doing. Right. And uh, Madden this past August. I think those are the only two games I've bought from Xbox since I've had it. And then basically... My, my, sorry, my one, my one X. That doesn't include all the games I had before Game Pass came out. Right. But basically, everything else was just through Game Pass, which is right. insane. And the way I look at it, as, look at it is... Um, I basically pay for Game Pass for xCloud. So okay. all the extra games I get for like the consoles at this point is just, you know, the cherry on top. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's really nice. It's just like, I still can't get over the fact that like, yeah, I'm getting all these games essentially for the subscription price. Um, but they're still not PlayStation games. <laughs> and that kind of kills me. But, um. I think Xbox is going to get better with that over the next couple of years. Yeah. And I mean, also just in terms of like you said, making like a, a good economical choice, you also were saying how you had already ha had some Microsoft store credit at mm -hmm. the time. So you weren't even paying full price for um, a next gen console, which obviously is a good thing. <laughs> Right, yeah, I had, and, and that had a lot to do with it too, because I had a two hundred dollar credit on my Microsoft account, um, so I paid essentially a little over three hundred dollars for it. Right, easier pill to swallow at that point. Right, um, I did go back and forth because, and then we've said this that I was trying to buy a PS five, and then basically it was going to be whichever one got here first, but I just couldn't get my hands on the PS five. Right, um, but if that were the case, then. I still would have kind of worked out because I would have sold my Series X and basically would have just transferred that Microsoft credit. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but yeah, it's um, the unboxing experience was nice. Um, the setup was just insane. So basically, it tells you to download the. Uh, Xbox app on your phone, which I already had. Um, and you don't need to do it this way. Like you don't need to have like, for some reason, if you had the series X and didn't have a smartphone, like you can do all the setup directly on the console. But basically what it does is you plug it in, you get it started. You log into your Microsoft account on your phone. Um, you put in your internet information in your phone. Um, and it gives you like a list of applications like uh, YouTube, Netflix, um, I think I did like Sunday ticket, things like that, like stuff you want installed from the get go. Mm -hmm. And, um, it starts doing its day one update while you're doing all this, all this stuff on your phone. Like after you get it connected to the internet, it starts doing its day one updates, updates your controller. And basically you can start going on and downloading applications to and, and games to your series x while it's getting set up so once it's done you either have games on there already or at least there's like progress 
I got which you. I think I, I think I had. I didn't do Madden because I had the disc for that, and I wasn't sure how that would work, and I just didn't bother. Um, but I got Forza down, Forza Horizon Four downloaded while it was getting set up, um, and it didn't take that long. I mean, it took maybe ten minutes, mm-hmm. but still a really cool experience. I think the PS Five does something similar. I don't know for certain though, so you'll have to fill us in. Um, when you get yours, unless um, Chris did that, I know he said that like when he like first logged into his PS5, he had like Call of Duty in there already because mm-hmm. something in the accounts had sensed that or had picked up that he had already bought it. <laughs> um, but really cool setup experience. Um, and then uh, as far as getting into games, first one I played was Madden. Played a couple games. Um, basically, I did all of this over my lunch break. So this was like a 30-minute period. <laughs> and uh, I played, uh, I think ha- I think I played half a game of Madden. I stopped at halftime. And I paused it. And I um, went right into, well, actually, I paused it. And then I put the Xbox to sleep. So I had to go back to work. And then after work, I um, turned my Xbox back on. And from me, like from hearing the chime that the Xbox makes when it's turned on, it's about three seconds to get to the main menu and then an additional five seconds to get into a playable game. So basically you're going from off to playing a game in eight seconds. That's insane. Yeah, it's wild. And it's cool, too, because I and I, I brought this up in one of our other podcasts. My One X had gotten an update a couple, mm-hmm. maybe about a month ago, and it even picked up. I mean, I was in a game in less than a minute. And Which maybe was in less rare. than 30 seconds. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's definitely, like, a thing that's probably most exciting, right? Like, the amount of time you're just sitting around waiting it right. is, is so much lower. Um, yeah, it's nice. It's literally like if I turn my Xbox on and I don't have my TV on, by the time I get on, it's already in like the main menu. It's crazy. Um, so, so that was cool. Um, and the other thing that I used almost immediately was, um, what did they call it? Basically, where you can suspend one game and go into another. Yeah, like the quick resume or uh, quick resume. Yeah. yeah. Um, I use that in the first, like I said, five hours of having the console. I use that already more than I expected. Really? Yeah. I basically have Madden and at this point, uh, Forza Horizon going perpetually. Like right now, I'm I'm log I, for since I've had the console on Wednesday, I haven't logged out of Madden or Forza. Um, and, and you're just like flipping between the two of them, like just yeah. like oh, I feel like playing some football, feel uh, like doing some racing. That's that's awesome. Honestly, and that's it too. Like that's something I do a lot more than I expected too. Um, I'll be like done with a game of Madden, and I'll be like I don't like. Let's say I got my ass whipped in Madden, and I just like I'm frustrated and don't want to play it but I know I want to play it later. Then I'll just uh-huh. go into another game. Like I go into Forza and I drive um, and I'll do a couple of races in Forza and be like, okay, I'm ready to play Madden again. And in like two seconds, I'm back into Madden. Now, do you think like 
do you think size of a game is going to have an impact on quick resume? Like, I'm just trying to think if you're like playing Madden and you decide, oh, well, like, you know, and again, I don't really, I guess, know how big Forza is, but like, if you were to like go into, like, say, like, oh, I'm going to just switch over to like GTA, let's say it's Uh GTA 6, though, right? Like, let's say it's like the new one, because I, again, don't know how like pulling a game from a previous console really like has like too much of an impact on it like i'm assuming that that they should be handled relatively well but like i'm wondering if like a gta 6 or something that's like massive right and you're like oh i just feel like driving around like the open map do you think it's going to be able to quick resume to a big game like that and and like not take any like initial i don't know setup or 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 like something do you think go ahead no, I was just gonna say, like, do you think it'll be seamless, as, as seamless as like switching currently from like a Madden to Forza, you know, basically to sport games? Well, I'll say this: Forza Horizon is open world. Oh, okay. Um, it's pretty big. It's it's a pretty big game, and I don't see much of an issue at all. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any games that I could try this with. I guess I could check Game Pass and see if there's anything massive in there um, that's a newer game. Because my first thought was like, oh, I could try Skyrim. But that's also a really old game, so I doubt it uses that many resources. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. I don't... I'll have to look more into the technology of how exactly it works. But it's basically just saving um, a load point into RAM. So I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly how it suspends state like that. Uh, I definitely want to research that though. So I, I don't know. That's my quick answer. Um, but my first instinct is that it's not going to make a difference just based off of like what I've seen already with uh, Forza and, and Madden. Right. Um, yeah, I, it would, it would be interesting to see. Yeah, it's just and so I, cool. It would also be interesting. Like what if I have like four or five, States saved. Yep. You know, yep. And that was games. that was going to be like the next thing. Like I, I was going to kind of like that. That's just like the one thing that I'm just curious about. Like not that I'm like really doubting it. Like I still think it's going to be good no matter what. But it's just like one of those things that I'm kind of like, you know, will will it be as smooth as it is now, or is it only going to, you know, for for lack of a better word, get worse? Um, either way, it's still a great feature. Um, but like, will it always be kind of like to this level? And and I think it could be, again, I'm just curious if any of these things will have an impact on it. Or like you just said, having four or five different states kind of open. Yeah. And the more I think about it, I mean, the big thing for this generation has been storage technology. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I mean, this is the first generation where I should say first generation of like Xbox and PlayStation consoles where it's not loading from a disc. So it's not like if like if they would have had this feature on the um, Xbox one, it's not like a disc, like a physical hard disk is seeking for different assets on a hard drive that could be fragmented across the whole drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's stored in flash memory. So basically it just has to find, it's all, it's all, it's not fragmented. I mean, you can't really fragment a solid state drive. It's basically all in one block 
and it just says, yep, here it is, and then it's there. So based off of that very um, nominal knowledge of, of uh, storage technology, I don't think it's going to make a difference. I think okay. it basically just puts like a, a check mark on or a checkpoint on your solid state drive and says, yep, this is where this starts load here and it's flash. So, I mean, the band, the, the bandwidth in, in these boards that they've been talking about for the past two years is insane. Um, so my mind seems that no, it's going to be fine, but we'll test it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely something that I want to like continue to like check on and see how it handles. I think like once it gets cyberpunk, I think that'd be a good one. And then I'll do like a smaller, like pretty linear game, like Madden, um, game like Forza. I think the real test will be like once, um, like flight sim comes out, like having flight sim and cyberpunk and I don't know, the new gears or something. Right. And I mean, I guess like, you know, typically you're not, you're, you, you probably won't but again i don't know how people typically game but like i know i personally won't have three massive games i mean like uh you know i don't even play like call of duty or anything so like mm -hmm. i wouldn't even have just like call of duty running in the background um which is obviously fairly large um like i'd probably have one big game and then like my sport game which is going to generally be smaller and i would expect to just load right up um and, you know, maybe like one of the nine roguelikes I'm currently playing, um, kind of just like sitting there waiting. So like, you know, would I ever really be tasked with having to jump from Cyberpunk to GTA to an Elder Scrolls to, you know, something like that? Probably not, but mm -hmm. just something that I'm curious about. Yeah, for sure. Um, but all I can say is that I love having the option to do it. I know a lot of people gave it shit. Um, and I think Alana Pierce was the one who said it best. It's like, well, it's, and I think she generalized now, like having my experience, but she's like, well, you're not going to like be jumping back and forth from five different games, like in one session. It's basically right. like you queue, you queue up the five games you play in a week and they're just ready to go. At, at I mean, a moment's notice when you want and, to jump into that game. And you can even turn your console completely off, unplug it and move it to a different room and it'll still be there insane that is so insane there is a time limit on that but i think it's something i want to say it's like four hours or something until it i don't i don't know i'd have to i'd have to look that up i don't know for certain but yeah you can unplug it move into a different room and then resume a game like you never turned it off that's so cool when you have it in like so you said earlier when you like were when you were playing madden and then your lunch break was over you put it in sleep mode yeah so so go on yeah uh, no, yeah like it kind of explained that like is that kind of like rest mode with like the ps4 where it's like still on yeah like, that's basically what it is uh -huh. um and so with the xbox and this was the case with the xbox one as well it's a little more cumbersome like with the ps4 you have the option to enter rest mode or do a full shutdown Mm -hmm. and with the xbox you have to like configure settings so there's like a quick resume mode and then there's like an energy saving mode so with energy saving mode it's a full shutdown every time um you can't like download games um from like the mobile app and have it install 
while it's in rest mode, you know what I mean? Okay. Um, and then quick resume mode is basically like rest mode where it'll do, it'll update games by itself while it's in quotes off. You can download games from the mobile app and then you can also like stream. Okay. Like if you um, want to stream gameplay to your phone or your laptop, so you can do it from there. But that's something you have to configure. Okay, I gotcha. And I think you have to have quick resume on to be able to do like, well, quick resume. Like if you <laughs> if you had a couple games open, like if you went into full shutdown after a certain period of time, like your progress would be erased. Okay. I gotcha. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I certainly understand, like, I would set up five games that I'd play in a week, but also, like I said, like, there's just times when I want to take a break from Madden and switch over to another game or, like, vice versa. So you could even use it that way, and I don't think it's that much of a gimmick. Like, it's it's been, it's been really nice. Yeah, I... I'm willing to bet more people are going to use it than they actually realize that that it's going to be a convenient thing or they won't fully utilize it and they're missing out because it does seem like you said, it doesn't need to be this grandiose thing. It, it on a very simple plane works, uh, for, for even the like most basic of need. So that's cool. Um, when it's in like rest mode or sleep mode, whatever, um, is it quiet? Is it quiet, it's when, quiet it's on? Even when it's on? Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say. You can't hear it. Even if you like like I said, I have um Forza, which is a pretty graphically intensive game now because they did um optimize it for the series S and X. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has all of the new graphical enhancements that you'd expect in a in a new console. Um I haven't heard it once and like I put my hand over it a couple times over the top of it um, just to see like how much air was coming out and it was barely any at all. I was gonna say did it did seem like it was running real hot but no. No it, it was literally like blowing cold air out. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I told I told uh, Justine because where the Xbox is is literally like right under our thermostat. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to blow up our heating system because it's just going to keep cooling down the thermostat. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, you might have to find a better spot for it, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'll switch it over to, uh, I'll switch because I have my PS4. I basically have like a coffee table under my TV that we don't use. mm -hmm. It has like all my game stuff on it. I'll just switch to the PS4 and the PS5, or the PS4 and the Series X. Um, and then I won't have, then my heat will never run because the PS4 will just warm the house up. <laughs> I was going to say, um, the, the main reason I asked about like the whole rest mode and everything is because, um, last night I was trying to download some stuff on my PS4, but like before going to bed. So I was like, oh, I'll just leave it in rest mode. And it was, it, it literally, the fan was still running on it. Like it literally sounded like it was taken off. Like I was loading up GTA I was like, what is going Jeez. on? So I was just like, nah, I'm just going to turn it off and deal with the inconvenience later like yeah, just I, downloading something it, the fan was just going nuts that's wild yeah i um I, I haven't heard it once that's awesome 
I think that's going to be like a true like testament to these next gen consoles too is the fact that they just like are quiet they do their business you know you don't hear like a constant white noise going uh in the background while you're playing right or like even if you use it as your main like home theater system for netflix or whatever like yep it's not going to be disruptive yeah i mean the 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 amount i have to like turn up something and like if if i'm playing something on my ps4 like if we're watching something the amount that we have to like turn it up over if nothing was on and if we were just watching something is kind of insane or if i'm trying to listen to the game you know, listening to dialogue or something the amount that i actually have to like turn up the tv just to actually be able to hear it over the fan is insanity yeah yep yeah i don't think you're gonna have i i mean you're getting the ps5 but you won't have that issue with the series x and i from what i've heard i don't think the ps5 is that loud either yeah i've 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 heard that it's quiet that especially going from the ps4 to the ps5 um i think i have really just like one main question and then basically anything else you want to touch on by all means um but I, i think especially for you i tried this on chris didn't really work that well but i think for you it and i was able to optimize it you know very forward thinking fuck mary kill google stadia the ps5 or the xbox series x now i know you haven't had a ton of time with the ps5 but you did get a little bit you know about it you know so you can let your own thoughts go there well my initial thought is kill ps5 because Mm -hmm. I'm just a jealous psychopath that has to <laughs> kill I, what he can't get. If I can't have you, no one can. <laughs> um, fuck Google Stadia because it's great. I just don't see it working in the... I, there's a chance that it might not work in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and married Series X. Um, if I had all three... It's hard. It's hard to say because, like I said, I have barely any time with the PS Five. Right. But my thought would probably be, um, man, that's hard. I guess marry PS Five. Um, and I'm I'm really torn between the other two because I don't want to kill Dadia. Because it's likely that it will do that itself. <laughs> you get where I'm going with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm really, you. I'm really hopeful about Google Stadia. And like I said, like I'm kind of fanboying like every other Google Stadia person because of Cyberpunk. Yeah, and the fact that that's a huge win. Yeah. Um, but the way it stands, I would, I would kill PS5, fuck Stadia, and mary series x i like it i dig it i respect it i feel like there's logical reasoning behind it i want to love ps5 so much i want it to be mine but those damn scalpers so (laughs) yeah um but yeah i mean that was that was the main question i've been kind of asking my other 
small ones about the features and stuff as you've been kind of going but is there anything else about the series x that is like that stands out that's really worth mentioning um Uh, no i'm surprised you didn't ask about storage oh yeah anyway um so as is right now i have eight games installed a couple apps i think i have like netflix youtube i didn't install all that many because like I have the new Chromecast in the same room that the Series X is in, so, like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, so I have eight games. Most of them are, like, the Series X optimized. Um, and depending on how you want to look at it, the one is the Master Chief Collection, so that's really four games in itself. So I guess it's technically, like, 11 games. Uh-huh. Um, And I'm trying to think. I, I, I really think they're all Series X optimized except for uh, Halo. And um, I have Gears of War Ultimate Edition, which is just the first game that was remastered, and that's not Series X optimized. And I have used 48% of my storage. Okay. It's not too um, bad. Right, and for essentially 11 games, you do get more storage in the Series X, which was definitely a big selling point for me, Like even after software and everything like that. Right. I think it ends up being like a little over 150 gigs more than you get on a PS5. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was, I, was, I was pretty surprised. It looks like games are still like Madden, I think, is still like 40 ish gigs, which is about standard for last gen. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm happy. Um, at this point, I'm still keeping my 1X. So I'm probably just going to be selective. Like, I mostly just put Halo on there to see how well it played. Right. But I will likely delete it because um, I can play it on 1X. Or I can play it on xCloud. So I, I don't really feel a need. At this point, I'll keep it on because I've got nothing else to put on there. But once more games come out, then that'll probably be the first to go. Same with Gears of War. Um, honestly, like I have Ori on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to play it on there to see like, how pretty it is. But it'll probably get to the point where I would delete Ori because I can play it on xCloud and it still looks really nice. Or even 1X and it still looks really nice. Right. Yeah, it's basically my thought process with like the PS5. Like, yeah, I'll have stuff on there, but as more stuff comes out, like, and I have a feeling with the PS5, I'll probably use up the storage pretty fast in the end. Yeah, because like you said, it's less. Um, but yeah, that's a that was a good one. I the other the other thing. So you said that like a bunch of games are obviously optimized for the Series X. So did you do any like comparisons? Did you? I mean, besides Madden, obviously, but like, um. Because I know you've been playing that here recently, but like, when was the last time you played Forza on your One X? And then how did it compare to the Series X? Like, did you do any comparison with that? I should do a side by side because that's just a download game. Like, I don't have a, I don't have discs for that. Mm-hmm. So I should do a side by side. The last time I played Forza Horizon Four was probably shortly after I got my One X, so almost two years ago now. Okay. Um, and 
It's it's better. Um, but you, you kind of have to look for it. You know what I mean? Like, if you knew nothing about the technological differences between the Series X and the One X, you probably wouldn't care all that much. Right. But like, as far as... And, I, and I'm somewhat biased, too, because I watched the Xbox showcase of it, of, like, all the things you can expect to see if you're playing from, like, the Xbox One to the Series X. Um, they have you drive through, like, each of the four seasons, which I think was a pretty good showcase because, like, you drive through snow and rain. And um, there is a, there is a lot more detail, that's for sure. Uh, little details, which I'm sure in the end add up, but I feel like you kind of have to be looking for them. Um, and my first thing was, like, when I was playing... Forza, like it was just so intense, and like I was more focused on driving that I wasn't paying attention to the details. Um, I really want to see a game with ray tracing. I guess Forza has it. I just haven't been in an area where it would really apply. Okay. Um. Yeah, I I would like to do more comparisons. Um. But also, like, it's kind of frustrating not having any actual, like, 1X games that can really, like, show how great it looks. Right, yeah, it's kind of... It's all just optimized Xbox One games. Right, right. That is kind of the only, like, Um, downfall. As far as... And again, this, this would be a huge jump if you're going from the base Xbox One to the Series X. Um, but I expected frame rate to have more of a difference. Um, the series X can get up to 120 frames. Um, but so far it hasn't felt any different than it does on the one X and the one X can get up to 60 frames, I think. So I'm probably getting about 60 frames on every game I play, but they're basically all... I'm not even going to count Madden as an Xbox One X game. Um, so basically all I've played so far just upscaled um, like PS4 games or Xbox One games. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard to say. It's really hard to get a grasp. And like I've been wanting to download like Assassin's Creed or Call of Duty, like games that are like that have actual like Series X launches. Mm-hmm just to see but like also i don't want to play those games so right like i mean assassin's creed is like massive so it's like that's like one of those things where you need to know that like you're ready to sit down and and take on that beast and then like call of duty is obviously a game that you kind of have to be in the mood for right i part of me likes watchdogs so much that i'm considering getting it for that's (laughs) series x as well but I'm still not done with the Stadia version, so that just kind of seems stupid. And, like, I also don't want to, like, abandon the Stadia version because, like, I know I'm going to like the Series X version more because, you know, I don't have to stream it. I don't have some of the um, broadcast issues I have with Stadia. But, like, I still enjoy my experience on Stadia. Right. But maybe, uh, maybe once I beat it on Stadia, I'll get it again if they do like a sale or whatever in the new year. Which I'm sure they, I'm sure they will. I've already seen that game on on some sales. So yeah, Ubisoft runs deals pretty pretty consistently. 
So yeah, I'm I'm gonna be keeping my eyes out for new games. It is kind of nice, like looking at the um, Xbox app. Like you can, if you're looking for new games and such, you can filter by ones that are optimized for Xbox Series X, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm they excited. Also Gears Five, because I think that was a complete rebuild. Like I don't think that was just an upscale. Like I think they completely rebuilt it. Same oh really? Sea of Thieves, which I did. I did download Sea of Thieves. I just haven't played it yet. So I mean, there are like a couple of options at least. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm just excited. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 exciting that like these consoles are out and yet they're still nowhere near their full potential. Right. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Like, come March, we'll be able to both because we'll both have had our respective consoles, and like, you know, hopefully then we each have like been able to play like like new games on those consoles and then like to think where we'll be at in a year from now probably you know with with some of the things um will be super cool to like look back at this and like see where like how far it's gotten just in that short amount of time right for sure and seven years ago for sure and seven years ago well you'll definitely i mean Again, this was kind of like good, but also bad timing because it was good that like you got it and like we're able to start talking about it, but bad in the sense that like you haven't gotten a ton of time with it yet. So definitely looking forward to in the new year hearing about, you know, where this is going and like, um, like how how it is and once you like actually get more time with it even um you know to kind of like solidify some of these points i'm I'm definitely excited to to see and hear about it yep i'm excited to talk about it hell yeah the future the future is now we we both yo this past week we both took one step through the doorway towards the future like you've already been living in 2077 with google stadia but like but like you know like you know like physical mike like real life mike he just took that step to the future yeah my, i've got my my phys, my physical future and then my um Oh, what do they call them? Digital clone. My digital clone is living in Stadia and xCloud land. <laughs> Love it. Well, anything else on the Series X? No, I'm, I will have more in the coming weeks, I'm sure. I can't wait. Not next week, but... Yes, obviously. Next uh, live episode. Yeah. So, cool. Well, that does it for this episode. I think this is episode 14. I forget because I messed up last time. I said the wrong number. Um, But yeah, uh, next week we'll be talking about games for people looking to get into gaming or to try and get back into gaming. So we'll be kind of doing a breakdown on what we think you should look out for. Um, So I think that'll be a fun. And then the following week once we are into the new year i think if i have my schedule right um we'll be talking about um whatever's going on like we'll be back to our live current events 
gaming news thing discussion place we'll be talking about what's happening some way so oh <laughs> so, two people might say that one person might say that <laughs> some might say that yeah um but yeah so thanks again for listening and we we do appreciate it again if you listen on apple podcasts uh, i believe you can leave a review so if you haven't it would be greatly appreciated um anywhere else you listen that's also appreciated just following sharing all that stuff is is uh is is great and the best way you can support us so we appreciate it and uh Talk to you guys about games for new gamers and gaming next week.